comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The world we know is gone. No internet, no GPS, no text messages, no podcasts. In a world ruled by the dead, we are finally forced to start living. Listening to Fear the Walking Dead TV podcast. Hi, I'm Craig Demanda. I'm joined tonight by Mr. Richard Chubtoad Sheldon. How are you, sir? I need swimming lessons to watch this show. <laughs> or water wings, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Get some get some G.I. Joe water wings. And we exactly. And we have a first time guest host. Daryl Taylor from the Taylor Network of Podcasts. We finally wrangled him to get him onto the Walking Dead TV podcast. Welcome, Daryl. Well, thank you for having me on. We are honored, sir. This is this is a great treat for our uh, fans that listen to our show, our listeners, I should say. Uh, Daryl has a great network of podcasts. He talks a lot of things. Uh, he's on the DC TV podcast with Jim Dietz, and he has a whole network of podcasts named after him. So uh, yeah. you can check him out there. We refer to him as the mogul. Oh. <laughs> we'll also be joined by Mr. Jim Dietz shortly, a little bit into this episode. Jim will join us in a little bit later, so we'll catch up with him as well. Um, but before we get into this first season premiere episode, uh, season two, episode one, entitled Monster, Daryl, why don't you catch us up? What do you think? I mean, you've been watching The Walking Dead pretty much all throughout. You say you listen to our podcast. What do you think about the last season, season six, how it ended with Negan? And just kind of uh. catch, catch us up a little bit. Well, the good the good parts. Um, I do like uh, how the pacing was in the beginning of the season. You know, kind of how they set that up and and uh, kind of got you. It, it was kind of at a pace where you just it just did not stop. It didn't give you any rest. Um, and I kind of like how they've they've set up a lot of uh, with Rick, and he kind of has a he kind of has his stuff together now. I mean, a little bit more than before because he was going nuts. Um, and it was slowly getting him. I like how he slowly uh, they built him to be overconfident, and, <laughs> and and set that up for what we what we're left with at the end of the season. That certainly backfired, didn't it? <laughs> oh, totally, totally. Um, I really good to see Carol um, be the the walking killing machine. Did not understand the turn towards the end. It was a little clunky. How they, how she goes from you know, being so ready to kill when necessary for the group, and then turning into, I don't want to kill anymore, and then I'm leaving. It just just felt a little strange. Um, the everybody being, has a breaking point. I know, I know. Um, for the most part, I, I I dug it for this season. I think it really they did a good job with it. 
Only clunky things that they are off are there's certain characters, and don't kill me, but there's <laughs> Daryl and really there's not much for Daryl to do. Yeah, a lot of us have been saying that uh, as well. Yeah. He, I mean, I know he's a lot of people love him, but he really doesn't have any depth anymore. Like he, all of his issues have kind of been dealt with. I don't know what else you could do with Daryl except hook him up with somebody. I mean, that's that's or about it. Just have him leave the show and do a Daryl Dixon, <laughs> you know, tour across zombie America, and it's just him on his bike going from coast to coast. Wait, wait, wait! That sounds that sounds familiar, Richard. I don't. I think AMC may have already done something like that. I'm not oh. sure. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, they did. They yeah. did, but. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah, the the finale kind of threw me. The, they led you to the like. It felt like if they're going to, when I heard they were going to do ninety minutes, I thought, oh, that means they need some character development with uh, what's going on with Rick and, and the group. But you're going to get some action also in yeah. the episode, and that's why they needed the the extra half an hour. But you really didn't get that. Instead, you got a lot of build-up and tension. But you, just to get them to that point of being, you know, captured, and then you don't even get the, you don't even know the payoff. It's yeah, killed off. Yeah. Like there's no. I mean, you can't even mourn over the summer when they, you know, like who's going to who's going to get killed. Now it feels more like a gimmick of we're just going to make you wait. And it was a cheap out. gimmick. Yeah, and the fans aren't buying it. I mean, over yeah. the, the ratings across the not the ratings, but the, the reviews and the, and the, the blogs and the and the videos that are out there. There's a lot of hatred now. And it's, it's not the scene. It's not that. It's that they just abruptly stopped it and left us wondering. It wasn't anything about the way it was played. It was the way it was filmed and cut mm, off. Yeah, know? I saw. Uh, they I, they purposely left us with undead blue balls, and I do not appreciate. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of hate <laughs> online. Like my feed, I'm Twitter friends with other and Facebook friends with a lot of people who watched the show. So when the feed was just, I watched for the, I didn't even watch it on my DVR. I had to watch it live because I was just, you know, like wanting to know what was going to happen. Yeah, we all did. Everybody did, man. We were and, all tuned in. And it went from, oh my gosh, what's happening? What's going on with Carol? Uh, they're going to save Maggie to. What the f? And then the I don't know how people get memes up so fast, but the memes—it's like their finger was on the trigger. They were ready to type in something over the picture. Totally, right? they were totally. Ready. I mean, it just—it just turned into I'm breaking up with you, Walking Dead. To I hate you, Walking Dead. To how could you do this to me? Like it really turned from excitement to bitterness and anger towards that night. So it's. Um, you know, we, we were talking Star Trek last night. There'll be a special Star Trek podcast on the HHW LOD network released in a few days. So, listeners, stay tuned for that. But uh, yeah, I was talking that last night too. You were part of it, and so was Daryl. Yeah. Thank you guys. It, was, it worked oh, out yeah. great. It but was fun. Bringing up Star Trek for a sec. I mean, was this didn't have the impact of like the season three cliffhanger of the Next Generation when Riker says fire well, at Lucutus Aborg and then it cuts exactly. to credits. I mean, it because wasn't that kind of cliffhanger. Know, you know what's at stake on both sides of the cliffhanger. One or the other, you know, you know what's about to happen. It's going to go one way or mm. the other, but you know everybody involved, and you know where the tension lies. This was this was not that. This was promising us not so much, you know, in ironclad 
we can hold them accountable words to us, but have led us to believe that when Negan appeared, it would be this scene and right. that the finale was going to get, which I still think was just to get the live ratings up. Mm, um, which, interesting. Did, we, did we even discuss the ratings last week? No, I no, I don't ratings. think we did, um, but um, I can pull it up. Well, you know, yeah. while you guys are talking. Yeah. All right. Um, but the thing is, is, is that's, I mean, yes, that's a cliffhanger, but that's not really a cliffhanger. Um, it, it, it's, it's a suspenseful, cheap ploy, I think is how Jim put it. Well, Um, I really think it would have had more of an emotional impact if they left it with the killing of one of the characters, because they're going to kill one of the characters. And if they had just did that and you just leave it like that. Yeah. I pulled it up off moviepilot.com. It says 18.4 million viewers. And I guess that means live viewers. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, eighteen million was the season average, so a little bit over the 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 season average. Yeah, and then seventeen point seven point four mil. Wait a second, seven point four million viewers for the finale, Talking Dead. So just the Talking Dead had seven point four million viewers. Right, it's huge. And can you imagine now? Of course, I mean they did this for ratings, but the season seven opener. That's going to be even more, right? It's probably going to be even. Oh, it well, is. Be, I mean, because going to have to. Because yeah. we're going to. Le- I mean, I, I wonder if they're even. I wonder where they'll put it, put the the lead if they're going to bury it into the episode. Oh, or I know for sure. I bet or, you're going to do Morgan and see, uh, Carol. The fans are sour. You're right. I've seen that same thing, Daryl. Everyone's like, you know what? Episodes one's going to be a whole Carol and you know uh, Morgan episode. You're not even going to see what happens. Like they're already sour to to the uh, the opening. Because that's what they yeah. do. I mean, they did this with... But I, I, if, if they're smart, they'll do a cold opening. They'll do The cold opening will be, you know, previously on The Walking Dead, and then they go into... And it doesn't even cut, fade, nothing. It's He bashes the head in, and we see they who... They never do that, though, because remember, right. Glenn, remember, they never, when they end with something, even with Terminus, they never begin it with... You knowing exactly what's going to happen. They're going to trick us a little bit. You're They're right. They're going to trick you. They'll, they'll do either it'll be like a little bit of a flashback or they'll show you what someone if else is doing. If we do not learn in that first episode, I, I mean, I it. know I will go back to the show. <laughs> but there will be – if they don't let the audience know by the, by the end of that first episode of season seven, they're going to lose a lot of viewers. At I least – I'm telling you, I bet you any kind of money it's going to be Morgan getting back to town and wondering <laughs> where Rick and the group are. And, with and, the kingdom, with the kingdom and, folks. Yeah. Yep, yep. And they're going to, you know, like everybody's going to be worried. He's going to be walking around. He's going to be talking. Oh, to please people. let us meet Ezekiel early on next season. I'm telling you. It's going to happen. Yeah. I'm telling you, they're going to do it first. They're going to, they're going to hold I just, you. I don't know if it's been discussed on this show before, so I won't say what, but I just, I'm looking forward to his pet. Uh, we haven't discussed that. Yeah, we no. haven't gotten into spoilers, really, so well, I really I don't know. I what it is, but, um, yeah. but yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how the <laughs> show pulls off some of this stuff. We will see. Yeah. But all that being said, we are here to discuss Fear the Walking Dead. We had a little season premiere last night while we were chit chatting and, and rubbing, you know, t- uh, moving our jaws, talking about Star Trek. We had Fear the Walking Dead premiere, and it was the season opener. 
This episode was written by showrunner Dave Erickson and directed by Adam Davidson. So before we get into it, what are your initial thoughts on this episode? Start with you, Daryl. Um, initially, it, it just made me think so much about how different this show is from, from uh, Walking Dead because yeah. these are people who are not used to dealing with. We're used to warriors where the even for a lot of the episodes, it's not even the zombies that are the the danger of it. You know, they're just the background stuff that they just, you know, swat every now and then to get yeah. rid of them. But for this show, seeing these 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 people who are not used to living uh, on the run and, and in danger, it's just um, it took a little get used to getting used to to go from Walking Dead, which had all that stuff happening to to going back to uh, it being a world where it's just changing like this world has just been the rug has just been pulled out from under everyone and now they're they're kind of not used to it like even seeing them you know dealing with just a couple of of, uh walkers and how they're barely they're hitting them but they're not used to hitting them in the brain right to to take them out so it's kind of sloppy they don't work together (laughs) yet they're not used to it they're like it's just um it is, it is just a sharp contrast to what we're used to uh, with this. And some of the decisions that they make uh, about people are um, you find yourself having to say, okay, these are people that are, this is different. This is, they've just lost civilization. This is not, you know, you have to kind of give them some leeway um, on that. So I, it did, it did, if that was the plan to kind of show us, you know, like these are people that are, are still trying to get a grip on, on where the world is now. Um, you kind of get into it and seeing, um, and seeing, uh, 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 Victor, Victor strand. He's the man. I like him. He's like the most prepared out of all of them. Uh, besides, uh, Daniel, those, those two are the ones who kind of have their mind set in this world. It's almost like they were waiting. They were waiting for the world to go like this, and now they're ready to 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 be a part of it now. Like they can live in it freely, mm-hmm. um, and to see the everyone else just going against everything, you know, like help everybody and just just the arguments that are coming. And I know it's going to be more of that. The, the moral dilemmas that'll be coming for this group of people because they, you know, they're thinking we help, you know, like you normally, you wouldn't watch people, um, suffer, uh, you know, normally, but in this world now, there are dangers that you have to be prepared for. And when you're not terrible, things happen and people die. And, and they remind us of that too, because, you know, uh, two women were killed because of mistakes made. Right. You know, right. because they didn't want to face it. And and when you got Daniel kind of saying, I wish I could change places with you um, because he didn't make the right decision when he should have about his his wife because he didn't want to face the, what was happening to her. And um, and then you have the son, uh, Chris, just not being able to deal with anything. Yeah, you know? I'll, I have some serious thoughts about Chris. I'll, I'll save that for when I get yeah. into it. But, uh, yeah, I definitely agree with you on a lot of that. Chubb, what were your thoughts on this episode initially? Well, I mean, first of all, from a production standpoint and everything, this is you can tell that they have 
a better budget than what they had in those first six episodes. Yeah, um, the Vancou- yeah. Vancouverian budget has definitely been improved. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, um, you know, I enjoyed that. And, I mean, right off the bat, we got connecting scenes of action that were interrupted by just the right amount of downtime or drama or character development. And I mean, there was more and there's a lot more to go that's needed on character development, but there was more, I think developed for our cast um, as individual characters and as a group, this episode, than all six of that first season. So, you know, agreed. Agreed. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, um, I'll, I'll wait to really get into it too about Chris, but I, I do like that. You know that they just didn't forget. You know they he wasn't going to let them forget. He was not going to let his dad forget. And I mean, there's some problems I had, and we'll discuss. But you know that 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 was good development. Um, you know, the the whole thing with the teenage daughter, you know, everybody on man on Twitter has been down on that character. Alicia, Alicia. And, yeah, I like yeah. her, though. And I like her, too. And here's the thing is she they do not have the luxury of knowing the last six years of television of The Walking Dead or the last 11 years of the comic Walking Dead. So nor do they have zombie movies that existed in this world or, or anything of that of that sort she's a naive teenage girl who obviously did not take her school very seriously um was constantly in trouble it seemed like uh then all this starts to fall apart then she loses her boyfriend and doesn't just lose him i mean he dies you know and and then dealing with everything that's been going on since she got you know the whole group started to get together i mean yeah it's not it's not unreasonable to assume that she would talk on the radio to a voice that was friendly see that part uh, didn't annoy me so much it's funny you know the the alicia parts it was more of the pouty chris and the yeah. bitchy maddie yeah. like bitchy maddie and pouty chris got me more vexed in a really well done episode that like that brought it down to me than right. her talking on the radio to develop a plot point. I didn't have a problem with that. It was a teenage thing. It was a teenage mistake. I could yeah. see I could see somebody doing that, and I didn't have a problem with it. But now the last fifteen minutes of this episode, though, gold. Yeah, and the I, first and the old I, cold open was great too. Right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. But, I mean, I just they they did no wrong from that forty five minute mark on. Mm-hmm. It was it was just great well it's scary the way that but it's true though i mean you, you watch a lot of you know sometimes I, I watch a lot of the uh those those shows that are crime uh shows and they talk about how and i i know this from my family like my aunt they talk my aunt into giving up her social security number <laughs> you Con can stuff. get people to like you'd be surprised how you you get people talking how you can get them to reveal things uh-huh. slowly i mean just him acting like he was scared on the on the call like oh i don't want to tell you where i am you know just because of the situation to get her to be to forget because she's already guarded so him acting like he was guarded like slowly getting her trust and and like that happens every day like there are people that prey on you know like they're either prey on them to kill them or they prey on them to steal from them or 
or to get information that they need to just, identity theft happens every day. So it, I could believe that with with her. Yeah, it was totally believable. It wasn't yeah. too contrived. It was it was you could feel it. It was it was there. Yeah. So let's just jump right into it. Uh, let's just go into it, the quick synopsis of the episode and then see where it takes us. Uh, the cold open, as I mentioned, we see uh, it's at night. We're on the beach. Uh, Travis, Maddie, and Chris, uh, and dead Liza are on the beach, and then you see Strand, Nick, Alicia, Ophelia, Daniel are on a rubber dinghy heading towards the yacht, which we know now is called a- Abigail. Uh, Strand starts the yacht. Uh, he sends Nick to go pick up the rest of the family in the dinghy, and it you can see when you're in the bridge there, mm-hmm. L.A. is just being burned. And he goes, well, that's unfortunate. Like, he's like, <laughs> right. He takes it really quickly. He takes it really well, too. Like, okay. Okay. Yeah, that's a, that's unfortunate. The whole, the whole city that I grew up in is just being destroyed, and that's the end of it. Um, we see Walker start storming the beach, and Chris, right away, doesn't listen to his father when he says, just leave her, let's go, we have to go. Mm-hmm. He says, no, I'm not leaving her, you can't leave her. Uh, Travis, Chris, and Maddie are all attacked and almost eaten several times. And Maddie does a pretty good job, though, of, of clobbering a few of them and kind of saving Travis, actually, with a rock or some kind of thing she grabbed off the beach. She did a pretty good job, though, I, I like that. Um... We, we see Nick brings the dinghy back to the beach. Travis, of course, has to carry dead Liza. Okay, has to. I mean, you know, it's <laughs> you can see where their priorities are here. I mean, they should have left the corpse and just kept going. Yeah. But no, um, a walker approaches the back Leave of the, the dinghy. Corpse takes the cannoli. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that should be a T-shirt, right? Leave the corpse, sure, take the cannoli. Yeah. And then finally, as they're on the dinghy, a walker approaches. The back of it, and Nick points the engine propeller right at its head and shreds the face off of it, which is pretty cool. Great, great gag. Um, and they talked about one of the people asked a question on Talking Dead, and they mentioned how that scene was put together. And it's man, <laughs> so much work into such a few seconds. Few seconds, so awesome looking. Yeah, and, and it was, was dark so too. Awesome. You had to really look at it to see what was happening. Yeah. And it really, yeah, it was pretty cool. I love the shot though. There was a great shot there. Of Los Angeles completely in flames, and oh, you see, yeah. I mean, you see them when they're on the boat finally, and they look back and they see the LA basin is just gone, it's totally in flames, and then you see two fighter jets kind of fly overhead, uh, going somewhere. I don't know where it they're kind going. Kind of reminded me of uh, the movie uh, was it End of the World or whatever, you know, with real life Seth and uh, James Franco and all that. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely a great that, scene, though. That, and the CG wasn't why, bad. And I was like, wait, where's the beams of light from heaven? Because that's why you're just <laughs> L.A. on fire. Oh. And, and, if you, and, and yeah. I couldn't tell if, if it was, you know, zombie apocalypse or Los Angeles ran out of spaghetti while Daryl Taylor was visiting. Oh, you know, <laughs> don't do that. I'd get angry. Yeah. I mean, but the CG was pretty on point, I have to it say. Because we've seen... Yeah, it, 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 yeah. It, well, yeah. We've I, seen some bad CG. They actually burned down Vancouver. <laughs> <laughs> they're in the they're in the sound somewhere and they're looking out and they burned Vancouver down to the ground. Is that what they did? Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I, I like how they start the episode out full into action. Like it feels like you missed some stuff. Like there's something else that happened and, and Yeah, yeah. There's more action that happened and we, we didn't even catch it. But it really of- just picked off right where the last yeah. episode I mean, it, it, was, Oh yeah. Didn't yeah. Skip a beat. Just no. there it does. A few yeah. hours. Like the sun went down. That was about it, right? But it just yeah. jumps like you it, it just feels like it's just uh Yeah. 
Like it's a big part. Like this whole thing has been going on, and everybody's been getting killed and dying, <laughs> and changing into zombies, and, and like, like what the heck is going on? Like it's and, it's cinematic the way they did it. Oh, very cinematic. And and speaking of that, they they did away with that stupid noise that was the opening credit noise. Yeah. And hopefully that stays. I mean, hopefully they didn't just do yeah, it for the season I opener. Agree. Because that really was distracting. I know Aaron had a problem with that big time last season. We were talking about it, and it I kind didn't of bother me at first. But after you guys talking about it, and by the sixth episode, I'm like, yeah, that is that is kind of jarring. Because it takes whole, you out of the moment. It, it takes does. you out, and then it's it yeah. And the whole season of that, I would go good. It's going to really get on your nerves. Right. So it looks like they just wove it into the the background music that was there when the city was being burned, and that was actually more cinematic. I think that was a better mm-hmm. way to do it. Um, well, we didn't know the production and the crew and everybody listens to WDTV podcasts, so they probably heard what we had to say. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if some of them do, though. You know, you never know. I mean, yeah. it's quite possible. So thank you for listening, if, if you did, uh, producers. So we, we go through the opening credits, and we see a great shot of the ship. And I have to say, and Richard, you said this before, is that, um, wow, the special effects are really on point. I mean, that boat is a fake boat, right? I saw how they built it. It's not moving ever. It's stationary. Yeah, it's, it's in a tank, and it looks real. It looks I like mean, it's it, moving. It, it looks does like it's, look like it's moving. I mean, they really did a great job with this thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It doesn't look fake at all. That's a beautiful boat. It's it is Hollywood magic, and, and they're shooting magic. down in Baja. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It, it, apparently, that's where they shot the Titanic. Uh, oh, inside right. that tank down there. Yeah, it's pretty. Really, it's pretty cool. But Strand uh, says that the range of the ship is approximately three thousand miles. He adds a little snarky. Line to Daniel saying, "Yeah, I can go all the way to El Salvador." Like he mm-hmm. was <laughs> giving a little a little dig to Daniel there for some reason. But he what adds, do you a, "Think he's hiding? Yeah. You know he's hiding something." Strand, I think he has a yes. bunch of things he's hiding. Yeah, he's well, got some stuff. Yeah. One of them, I think, is I think he was an addict at one time. He probably was. And he probably killed Abigail. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I'm thinking he probably did. Too. He snuffed her somehow, and then that, 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 that's the end of it. Yep. His penance is who he's talking to. Yep. Yep. So uh, he adds that they can survive for quite some time. And, and this episode really is kind of choppy. I wouldn't say in a bad way, but they go from person to person, room to room. It kind of keeps moving, so I'm going to weave in and out. But they hear screams from the distance on the water. We then see a lifeboat kind of come aside of, of, of the ship full of people screaming, Mayday, help us, help us. But uh, So Maddie goes up there and says, you got to stop the boat. And Strand says something. He goes, that's funny. I've filled my mercy quota. <laughs> He's like, yeah. <laughs> He's not stopping that boat for anything. I don't blame him. Yeah. Uh, we see Travis tell Alicia to listen to the radio. He gives her the radio and says, listen, listen on this thing. Make yourself useful. Listen for survivors. Get a track on where we should head. Uh, Travis then goes to the bridge and basically interfaces between Maddie and Strand and says, look, Maddie, he's right. We can't stop. We have to keep going. It's not safe. You don't know what, what can happen. And early storms change. Out. Like, that's an early change from the, the first season. Yeah, he was so pacifist, wasn't he? He was so, yeah. yeah. And and now he's, he, it, everything, because what did happen? Like, that whole, the rest of that season was just banging him in the head that you <laughs> have to be smarter. Like, you can't, you just can't uh, just give everything up and you can't be so naive about this world now. This is a different world and he gets it now. He finally gets it the hard way. Yeah, and Madison seems to be pulling back and going and reverting back to we we should be helping but not really thinking she about it. She was kind of annoying this Annoying episode. and bitchy. Mm-hmm. Never happy. She's stomping around the ship. She's mad yeah. at Travis. She's mad at everybody. And really, she was She's fiercest. A woman. 
Well, we don't oh, want to say that. We don't want to be oh, like that. No. no, no, no. We're not going to say that. It's just Change that your hate too. They, they can make this character stronger, I mean, and they probably will. But the, the, this, this pouty routine just isn't working. I don't like that. She was ruthless when her son was in danger, and mm-hmm. she told Salazar to go ahead and torture the soldier. That's fine. But now that Nick's back, oh well. No, save save these these random people on the boat. I just found that weird. It's like a switch went off, and yeah, I, I don't know if it was they were concentrating on showing us how Travis changed, so they pulled her back. Maybe. To not have both of them be that way right away. I don't know. Yeah, it was just it just I don't know. So we flash between characters. Alicia's listening to the to the radio that she was given, the Marine radio. Uh Nick is goes to the bridge and they start chatting with Strand. He he has a good relationship with Strand. And these little conversations they have with him, I, I like that. It's a little That's why I think they he Strand was an addict before. Because yeah. he seems to he relate, vibe and relate to him about that situation. Yeah, they had another good conversation later on in the episode about being fearless. And he goes, how many times did you think you were going to die? And he goes, every time I got high. He goes, well, then you're fearless then. And he goes, that, that's an asset. So, yeah, they had these little these little moments between them. I do like that. Who thinks about that when you – I mean, you, as, as someone who doesn't, you know, we don't do drugs. Who thinks about that being fearless when you, when you take drugs? We usually think of them as being weak. You know, giving mm. into the addiction, but Strand is thinking every time you do that, it's, you're fearless. You're not thinking about if you're going to die or overdose, and and it felt, almost felt like it's somebody who has been addicted to to drugs or something has has you know fought addiction before to understand it that way. It's a really good point. I mean, there's definitely a backstory to Strand, and part of it could be addiction. There's definitely no no doubt about that. He has a special connection to Nick. And yeah. it, it's it's yeah. even evident on the screen. The couple few scenes they have together, it's a really cool, cool way of playing it. We bounce around again. Um, Alicia hears a voice at the other end of the radio playing a David Bowie song, I should say, and then and then a voice goes with it. And she debates on whether to respond. She clicks the little handset, and finally she responds to this guy who's talking to her. And um, and that's the beginning of that. We go back to Pouty Chris. You see him in the room. Out of that, yeah, just him pouting the teen angst thing. He's looking at Here, his dead mom. Here's the thing with him, okay? Because yeah. like, I I felt like in the last two episodes of last season, he actually seemed to be going playing scenes better than he was in the earlier episodes. And in this one, every motivation that he has in every scene makes sense to me. I'm not leaving my mother behind. You killed her. The whole angry at dad, all of it, every bit of it makes sense. It's just that either that actor decided to just go all in and overreact and just way blow out scenes, or he was not directed well. So, and either way, the director allowed for that to end up, you know, in there because it, it's exactly what you're saying. He looks like a little five year old who didn't get his lollipop, just sitting off in the corner brooding with a pouty right. lip. And part of uh. it is he, like, you, he's not getting the the fact that once you get infected, there's nothing you can do. Like, the, it, you're done. And even though they've said it, it's like he he doesn't want to believe it. Like, I, my, my, yeah, I agree with all that. My problem with Chris is is this. It's, it's a larger problem. They're trying to write this teenage angst character 
but I think him as an actor, I forget his name, but let's just call him Chris. Lorenzo. Lorenzo, okay. He's doing a terrible, and I mean terrible, job at acting. It is so apparent. And I think it's just it's just it's just painful to watch this kid act. Mm-hmm. I, I think he really needs to just be lessened as a character or he needs to be just be gone. He's really dragging down, I think, everyone everyone at this point. Well, I have a feeling that that he's going to be one of the first when when somebody in our core group dies. He's I th- I bet he's going to be the first one. I hope so because the rest of them can hold their weight when it comes to acting. That Alicia girl, she's mm-hmm. she can act. She's she's on it. You know, obviously, you know, um, Madison. You know, she she can she can act. Cliff Curtis playing Travis can act. Strand obviously can act. All right, I mean these these guys these are actors. Ruben Blades can act. All right, so this guy, this Lorenzo kid, is just not doing a good job. He's not. He's not cutting. Maybe the mustard. he doesn't, or the way it was explained to him, and maybe he just doesn't have a, a handle on it yet. Because he really, I mean, it was only six episodes. If you really think about it, like it wasn't really right. And it was either the last or the last two that I I could see that he'd been somebody had been working with him. Somebody coached him a bit, gave him a clinic he, because he he wasn't fantastic. But he definitely had a passable and decent performance in that, in the, the father. That... Yeah, that father, the father issues that he had. I know they want to probably deal with that early on in the in this season with with him. Eventually, he'll, you know, he'll probably reconcile with his father. But right now, they want to they want to have that type of uh, conflict between him and when, his father, and and it's when, more than just. His, you know, what he did by shooting his mom. It, it's probably a whole thing of you left us to go with this other family. So all of that, I don't think maybe he wouldn't kind of show the way on how do you take all of that. Like you're, because you're still at you're you're living on a boat with the family that you're. You know, whether he did that or not, you still you're in your head when you really think about it. This is the family your father left you for. Mm. That's what you're thinking. You yeah. know, like you left your mother, you you left her for this family and now we're stuck together. See, um, the concept makes sense. Everything you're saying sounds better than what I'm seeing on the screen. Yeah, it's just the point <laughs> of how is he going to portray that to us? And maybe we I think he needs more dialogue to get with that. Like it it I think it hurts him trying to do it with his face because that's what we're trying to get. He's trying to portray it with the eyes and and he don't have the chops to do it. He doesn't have the acting chops to do it. Yeah, I don't think he does. And they need to. I think instead he needs some more dialogue to kind of get that out to his father instead of trying to play it like he's been playing it right now. Yeah. Well, and and I'll tell you this: more than likely, when him and his father do reconcile, I'm calling it now. That will be the episode that Chris dies in. So he'll finally have some. Reconciliation, it'll have some redemption, whatever you want to call it, and then that's when he get, gets it. Okay. Well, yeah, either that or it'll, it'll look like they're about to have reconciliation. Something happens, they don't, and he gets killed, and then well, that's kind tra- of his conflict right now. I mean, yeah. Take that away. Yeah. What's next? Yeah. yeah. So getting back to it, Alicia still chit chatting with the radio voice. Um, and actually, another scene where Maddie finds Strand on the bridge talking to himself right. pretty cool little scene there and he says it's a characteristic of the gifted and Maddie says no no it's a characteristic of the crazy <laughs> <laughs> he was even speaking a little Spanish too did you did you hear that yeah yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. It's pretty pretty cool. Another little flash scene. Nick has a run-in on the stairs with Ophelia. Wants to wants to change her bandage. Woohoo! You got a little something with the eye contact with them. There was something there. Yeah. 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 Oh, there's there's they're they're playing a game. There there's a little bit of cat and mouse. Yeah. Yeah. So a little bit before that, Chris goes to the back of the boat and starts to fish with Daniel. I thought that was a pretty cool scene with those two. Actually, just ch- chit chatting a bit and fishing for the eel. Which this is leading up to one of my least favorite scenes in the episode. Okay. Well, right. So later on, after Maddie goes to the bridge, Alicia, we still see her chit-chatting with her with Jack, the radio voice. Maddie has a little chat with Daniel on the back of the boat and trying to feel him out about Strand. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, again, he's like the, he's, he's, he does, he, we basically see that Daniel doesn't really know about Strand. He's, he's observing him. He doesn't exactly trust him. He's keeping his eye on him. Right. Yeah. Um, Travis gives a eulogy for Liza's burial at sea. We we go to that. That's actually after the next commercial. Chris, and I'm really starting to hate this kid's face. I really do. <laughs> he just grabs the body and flips it overboard after Travis is done talking in a very angry way. Again, and, that, that and teen I don't angst. Get that the yeah. teen angst is one thing, but you risked your life and others' lives by dragging her lifeless corpse. Into the ocean with you, and then you, because you can't leave her behind, and then your goodbye, your funeral, your send off to her, you get pissy like a like a little uh, tot, well, you and know flip what? the table over. You know, I, I could. See, I don't know what. When did I turn into the apologist for this guy? This kid. <laughs> um, but you could tell, like it's it's hard when there are children involved. In a, no, in a I sport. get it. I mean, I so understand. It's, it's just no, no, no. I'm just saying you're wrong for feeling the way you are. But I'm just saying, I, I think I, I kind of see they're trying to do something. It might not. It's not coming off yet in this in this episode. Yeah. But they're trying to. Chris is 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 angry at so many things. But we need dialogue. Like, are you mad? You think it's your fault that your mother got infected right. like is there because he's saying sorry but i like i want to know like i need i wish he had said a little bit more to let us know that what's his thinking like is he angry are you feeling sorry that you caused this and then you're angry about it and then and and that would made you be impulsive because he seems to not know what to do with himself like he's you know going yeah. here going there he's angry about this he's sad about that like it's just but we're getting nothing because he he has no one he talks to except for the little dialogue with Daniel, and and I think I wish they had said a little bit more than what they said. It was a nice moment though. I, I did like it's that. It's a really good moment. Yeah, it, that was a great scene. Yeah, and it worked because I only think he accepted Daniel and talked to Daniel because he also lost someone recently. So he kind of you know I guess he get kind of bonded on that. At least, or he he was less angry at Daniel. Yeah, you know. I believe we are now joined by Mr. Jim Dietz. Jim, are you there, sir? Hi, how are you? Yes. Hi. How's it going? Welcome this to is, Fear. This is the worst remake of the Love Boat ever. <laughs> <laughs> it's not exciting and new. 
No, and, and the bartender and Isaac, I mean, just not as good. Where was Isaac? We didn't have an Isaac, did we? No? Okay. We should. No, we we should. didn't have the doctor either, right? I was getting in trouble. No, yeah. No. <laughs> so, Jim, welcome to the show. We were just talking about uh, the burial at sea, and we kind of jumped to that. But what were your just, I guess, overall thoughts on this season premiere of Fear of the Walking Dead? Well, I was thinking about this earlier today. Like, I have history when i came to the first series i have history with those characters you know i mean i knew who rick was and who carl was and everything and these characters it's taking me a little bit longer to like you know warm up to you know what i mean like really you know yeah find somebody to root for you know um but i you know i'm starting to i'm starting to warm up to them and uh though there are a few few good moments this week it was a little slow but I thought, you know, again, there's a, we kept saying this in the first season, there's a lot of potential for storytelling there. I just, you know, it's going to wonder, you know, how much of that they're going to, um, you know, get to. You know what I mean? Yep. And I like the whole thing about the fact that there may be pirates bearing down on them, too. You know? Yeah. We're gonna yeah get that, to that. That's, that's kind of cool. That that's that's one of the things that just has me excited. It's like, man, because if, if we were in the zombie apocalypse and I was on the East Coast, I I go to Boston Harbor or up in New York uh, Bay and get one of those old old style ships, and I I would be on the seas like a wooden sailing ship. You, you... I I would have an eye patch <laughs> even though I didn't need one. Would you fly the Jolly Roger? Would you? Would you? Oh, oh hell yes, Jolly Roger the whole. <laughs> way really? and i'm telling you just, <laughs> I, just, I would love it you'd have like walkers uh roped to the to the bow of the ship just str- you know just tied there and and snarling at oncoming ships <laughs> amc needs to do an elseworlds what if type thing and have like you know walking dead but this time the zombie apocalypse happened in the you know 15th or 16th century that would be pretty crazy so, uh, again, we're jumping around with the scenes here, but there was a scene actually a little bit before the burial, and, and again, there was a lot of chopping in this episode, but to keep it straight, Travis did have a little chit-chat with Daniel Salazar on the, on the, on the end of the ship there, and it was a nice scene because he really he asked Daniel how to deal with his son. He really was a little, he didn't really know what to do, and he was curious about the conversation that they had, and, and uh, Daniel said, no, we didn't really talk about anything. It was just fishing, you know, it's kind of between us type of thing, and it was a nice scene, and they actually had that, that moment where... Uh, Daniel said he was a little jealous of him that he got to basically mercy kill his wife where he wasn't there for his own wife that actually right. got killed. So I thought that was a pretty cool scene. I I guess I watched that scene in a whole different way because it felt to me like Travis was just fishing to see what is he talking to my son about and I just felt this animosity. I didn't feel that from him. I didn't, I didn't feel, feel animosity, that. but I felt kind of maybe a little bit of jealousy because he he talked to him and didn't, and he still can't talk to his son. But this is a guy who's still dealing with guilt. I mean, again, we mentioned it, but it's a main. It's it, all these seeds of 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 knowing that this guy, you know, they whatever happened between him and his mother, they're not together anymore. And the next person he went to after this is on this boat. And, and that's right. the other woman, and so it's still there. Like he's, you can tell, you know, the actor that plays Travis did a better job of it. He, you can tell that he's dealing with a lot of guilt because that's why he's so passive with him. You know, yeah, absolutely. I, I thought I took it a little different way. I took it; it was more about, um, like, Daniel was the grandfather, or he was the elder. 
and Travis was looking to him for almost fathering advice. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know how to connect with my teenage son. Right. It was most him looking up to him as an elder. I didn't feel jealousy or animosity, maybe a little bit of frustration, like you said, that he couldn't connect with his own son himself. But I felt it was more of him looking up to Daniel. And I like that. I like Daniel being the, the elder of the group, the, the, the elder killer, warrior, torturer. I'll, I'll I kind of like go it. back and rewatch that scene because if it's like that, then yeah. And, and he then, gives you no help. Like He yeah. doesn't really tell Travis. Like It's like Travis is begging for, um, for him to give him some type of way in. To talk to his son, and he's he's sitting there looking at him like, Mm-mm, "You're not going. I don't. I'm not going to tell you how to how to be a father to your son. You're going right. to figure that out on your own." Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, I gave him yeah. a little hard hard love there. Yeah, yeah. Kind of the deal was the group. <laughs> I hope not. He better not go. I like him a lot. <laughs> no, no, but not like in an old lady way, but more like you know the group elder, or whatever. Maybe maybe more like Herschel. Okay. Yeah, a little bit more. Yeah. I think Herschel is a better example from the TV show. I mean, right, right. Uh, agreed. Yeah. So after the the burial at sea, just flipping ahead again, uh, Travis does follow Chris back to his stateroom, and they do argue, and, and, and Chris finally emotes something. He does have some lines. He is angry, and you can see he's angry. Yeah. And ultimately, Chris punches Travis in the face. Sure does. Yeah. So, powerful scene. I thought that was pretty good. I guess you're right. He's better when he's talking than when he's not talking. Chris, that is. Yeah, we need more dialogue. You that. need more dialogue to just to flesh him out. So we go back to a, a kind of the, the common room there. Strand finds out that Alicia was using the radio, and he's none too pleased. And he well, says, let me explain the rules of the boat. Love that part. Rule number one, it's my boat. Yeah. Rule yep. number two, it is my boat. <laughs> and rule number three, it's my goddamn boat. That's right. <laughs> that was a good scene. I did, like, I did enjoy yeah. it. <laughs> But he's totally right because she's like talking to that Jack guy or whatever, and you know that that is a fishy story. You well, know, oh, yeah. the guy... what bothers me a lot about it is that Madison um, was so, and we brought it up earlier. Madison was so proactive, and you know she thought things through. And I don't know why she didn't think to herself, "We have to be careful who we communicate with." Because they're going to be people that are going to come to try to take it because they're yeah. desperate. They're Especially like, after all they've just been through with them, you know, their neighborhood being shut down by the exactly. military and all that other crap they went through, and the you know um, um, the the daughter getting shot and everything yeah, by their yeah. military boyfriend. It's like she got amnesia and forgot yeah, like, all of that. I would think you know, if anything, she'd be even more paranoid after that experience. Let alone you know, trying to. I mean, I don't know. Why are you not watching your children? Well, like, that's what it is. She was. She, these weren't sanctioned conversations. I mean, Alicia was. If you saw her, she was like between the beds in one scene, and she was laying down somewhere else. I mean, she was kind of hiding the, this little chit chatting she was doing with Jack. Uh, I think. I don't think anyone realized she was doing this until she admitted it. Because uh, Travis just told her, just do it to get her out of his hair and not be staring at those people that they weren't going to help. Right. <laughs> that's true. Was, it was on a whim. He didn't even think about it. He was just like, I need her to not see this because I know we're not going to stop. But uh, you can't just – you don't have that many people, you, that many kids that you could just forget what's going on. You got you to gotta check. Like, the, if anything, the, the most, one of the most important things that you would need – I don't think you need to be military, a military guy to understand it. You gotta have the the uh, the radio has to be most important, besides the fuel and you know and food. Right. So to leave that with the daughter, who's yeah. never been in this situation before, 
and she's on it like just like like it's chit chatting, like like it's yeah, a group chat or something. Not only that, as yeah. soon as she hears David Bowie, she's like, "Oh wow!" <laughs> yeah, it's like you aren't. Like, hey, I got memorized, that. mesmerized by Bowie. I it's mean, a great song, on. dude. Don't get me wrong. I'm not nice, taking away still, from that album. I'm just saying, you know, I'm not I'm not telling a stranger where to come find me. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and, like, and then Nick has a conversation with Strand on the bridge, and and Strand's like, "Look, man, I." I, I'm a little hot there. I just I I'm, I need some sleep. I'm a little tired, and uh, but he also says something interesting. He goes, "Look, I don't care if these people contribute, but they better not compromise my situation here." Exactly. And that was also very smart. Like this, yeah. Strand is a smart dude. I mean, well, he doesn't get to afford that boat and everything by being dumb. That's no. very true. And it makes me think he's done many illegal things before. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can't wait to see his backstory. But this is the scene we talked about earlier, where where Strand calls Nick fearless. And then that that's an asset in the, in this dangerous world, which we discussed a few minutes ago. So, um, but Nicholas also got a little perturbed because I was going to say Nick got perturbed because Strand called him Nicholas, mm-hmm. and he doesn't like that. He goes, "That's what my father used to call me," and it was some some sore point there. He didn't like that very much. No, he kind of gave him a look of, "Oh, you don't like your father either." Yep, he's finding well, yeah, out more. And they talk a little bit about that on Talking Dead and that there's going to be more revealed about Nick's father. Yeah, there's got to be something too deep with that. Yeah, we know he's deceased. We know yeah. that. That's pretty much yeah. all we know about him. We don't know anything else about him at this point. So uh, we cut to another scene where Bitchy Maddie tries to console Pouty Chris. <laughs> um, she admits to remembering the first time she hit her father. So now we're getting a little peek into her backstory a bit. There were was some hints about her having a little bit of a rough childhood or oh, a rough she was upbringing. A wild child. Yeah, so she said she was thirteen and she hit her father and it didn't end well. That's, that's the only clue we got from that conversation. I totally get the vibe of why she's so, um, how, why she's so forgiving of, of her son uh, because she was that much of a pain in the behind. Right. When back then, you can kind of get that. I don't know what her addiction is besides alcohol. I don't know what her. Well, thing alcohol was. was never admitted. We just we surmised alcohol. Like we we yeah, speculated yeah. that last season. Like she's had she had to have something on her back at one time, and we thought maybe it was like alcohol. Yeah, but because she hides it, like the, the 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 signs of of being addicted to it is if you have to to hide somewhere to do it which she did she st- she was hiding in the garage every time she took a drink oh yeah you're right that, about that. gives off the, the, the that gives even if it's a food thing where you you overeat when you start hiding that you overeat then you know that you it's, it's getting to the point where there's a problem you mean this little drawer of kit kats i have next to my computer here that that's that's yeah, kind of hiding you go it? into the bathroom and close the oh okay off. okay gotcha gotcha yeah. i was gonna say yeah this is an audio medium you didn't really have to say that <laughs> <laughs> we would never have known <laughs> but now that we know there's a drawer full of kit kats there we're on our way over give me a break that's it give me a break break <laughs> The Walking Dead TV podcast now sponsored by Kit Kat <laughs> and Mars Candies. Well, getting back to this, we actually do end up at dinner uh, on Fear the Walking Dead. Uh, we were in the Was dinner scene. Kit Kat bars? No, they're actually eating oh, eal. Okay. Oh yeah, the one that that that, that Daniel delicious. Mm, yes, mm. and they're drinking Seriously. booze. And if you notice, they muted the audio here, which I'm kind of yeah. glad they did. I was getting tired of listening to them talk anyway. <laughs> they brought the audio down and just had the music surface. We see a hooded Chris enter the room, and then suddenly he disappears from the room, and we hear a splash. So we know at that point that he jumped off the back of the boat. Nick jumps in after him. All right. And Chris just says, what are you doing, man? I just wanted to swim. 
So let's stop right here for a sec. Did you guys think he really wanted to go for a swim? Was he trying to off himself? Well, I was trying to figure out, was the boat moving or not? I think at this point it was stopped. because no, that's okay. what yeah. Because yeah. if it was moving, I was certain that he was full of it and he was trying to, you know, end it. I um, no, it, it would, have to, it would stopped, have to be at least, no. oh, I'm sorry. If it was stopped... I can buy. He just went for a swim. You wanted to cool off. Get you know. You know. No, I think he. I think it was to piss his father off. I think it was for the attention. Well, yeah. I'm sure that was part of it. Yeah. I think that was a main part of it. It's like I I'm mad at you. Leave me alone. But I need you to pay attention to me. Like it's, it's a very teenager it's thing to do. Very immature. Mm-hmm. Like it's a very immature thing. It's like either talk it out. You don't want to talk it out, but you don't but you want the attention anyway. You want him to keep trying to talk to you so you can rebuff him again because you're you're angry with him. And it seemed like that's what it, he was doing. He was like, I'm just going for a sw-. Like, it was almost, you know, like a... It was almost like he he was angry that, um, that he was the one that came out instead of it being his father. Oh, I, I see what you're saying. Okay, he wanted, he wanted, he wanted Travis to come to, after him. Okay. Yeah, he wanted yeah. Travis to come out, and it bothered him. Yeah. You know, I think it annoyed him because he, he kind of answered in such a... And he's not mad at him. He, you know, he's not mad at him, but he just answered in such a such an angry way. I think it was because his father was still just standing there. Yeah. It wasn't him. Yeah. So we have a cut scene again after Nick goes in the water. Alicia apologizes to her radio boyfriend, Jack, and says that, look, you know, we, we can't help you. Uh, we're, we're not allowed to go. We're just going to continue on. Jack replies, it's okay. Don't worry. We'll be seeing you soon. <laughs> and as soon as we see that, we cut to the bridge, and Strand is up there staring at the radar screen, and it starts going crazy like like another vessel is approaching the, uh, the yacht. Uh, we cut back. Nick... Um, Goes for a swim as well. He seems to stay out there. He says, oh, the water's nice. But he finds a walker mm-hmm. floating on top of the water. A floater. A floater. Right, which <laughs> is pretty walker. cool. Yeah. It, and yeah. Actually, it is kind of cool. I mean, it's like a dead body just floating but still moving a bit. It was pretty yeah. interesting. And then he also notices a capsized, bullet-ridden boat with walkers floating off kind of mm-hmm. in the distance there. So, Are done by pirates. Yeah. <laughs> 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 this is funny. I made a note of this, too. You know, you, all you see is Madison... Just standing at the back of the boat saying, Nick, Chris, Nick. It was just, come on. Why? It's like, <laughs> what is she doing to help the situation there? But I don't know. I just She just really annoyed me this episode for some reason. Um, you need n- people on the cast to be eaten. Sorry. Okay, true. Eventually oh. to be eaten. I'm just saying. It's very true. So as we move on a little bit, Nick decides it was a good idea to swim to the capsized boat. And he gets in it. Or he swims underneath it and kind of gets inside the upside down boat. He grabs a book that says Yacht Log and almost gets eaten by another walker who happens to be living in there, and it's wrapped in plastic. So what do you guys think about this whole sequence? Kind of the fearless thing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't even think about it. He just did it. He just did it. Yeah. I think that's but what it But almost, it almost oh, felt yeah. like part of a video game plot. Okay, to get to our next, <laughs> to our uh, next plot, to you our need next to get episode, log book. you need to get the logbook of a capsized boat. And your clues will be in there. Did you hear the Zelda tune when, when he got... So he grabs the book. It's wrapped in plastic. Um, he starts going back towards the boat. But Strand detects, again, a fast-approaching boat. He tells Maddie, look, it's doing 25 knots. This thing's going to be here 
pronto. It's probably the people that shot up this other boat on the on the side of us. Yeah, that so, build up is coming. Like he, he just slowly, the music is just you know. Yeah, it's ramping up and getting there. Up. So he tells Maddie his boat can only do twenty knots, which means that they're, if they're going to outrun these guys, they're going to have to get a head start on them, and they have to get moving soon. So they ended up getting all the people back in the boat. Finally, off off of the dinghy, and the dinghy kind of gets you know rehooked up to the yacht, and uh, and that pretty much ends this episode. Um, but I'm a little disappointed. I don't know if you guys didn't notice, but there was no resolution to the flight 462. None. Oh, I noticed none. Oh, I yeah. noticed. Oh, I know. Oh, Aaron, sure. Aaron might not be here, but I totally noticed. Yeah, I well, Aaron, Aaron, it. and I have been in contact today quite a bit about this. Let's just let's just say that, okay? And I had to go back to the you know the season six finale of Walking Dead and find that that spot. And I, I wrote down exactly what the announcer said. He goes, "Learn the fate of Flight Four Sixty Two in Fear the Walking Dead." Uh, Period. Uh, yeah. Season premiere next Sunday night at 9 p.m. So two sentences. It's two sentences. So Those bastards. <laughs> so there was no resolution to Flight 462. We have no idea where it is. It probably crashed by now. We just don't know where. We don't know who Negan killed. We don't know what happened to the airplane. <laughs> We're not sure, you know, Tell what capsized and attacked that boat. <laughs> Stop teasing us walking I down. know. And I said this to Aaron. I said, Aaron, this is another Glenn in the Dumpster situation. I mean, here we go. They're going to stretch this out for another four or five episodes, and we'll finally forget about it, and they'll they'll bring back the the fate of Flight 462. (laughs) They love the torture. They do. So that brings an end to this week's episode. Let's do a quick word from our sponsor, and then we'll jump into our Toby ratings. Jim, could you talk about our sponsor today? Sure, our sponsor uh, this week and every week on the uh, Walking Dead TV podcast is DCBService.com. And if you are looking for not only for graphic novels and comic books and those kind of things, but also your pop culture merchandise like your action figures, your cool T-shirts and hoodies, your uh, your uh, board games, all kinds of stuff, anything you can find basically in the previews catalog, you can get it at DCB Service. At a deep discount, 30, 40, sometimes 50, 60% off on some things. And not only that, not only do you, do you get a great price, a lot of times even cheaper than like, you know, Amazon or some of the bigger sites, you also get really good service. I mean, if anything goes wrong with your order, they're right there on the spot to either replace or refund. Uh, they're really good people to work with. Um, they have all kinds of great stuff that you can order that is Walking Dead related, not only uh, the comics. But also the uh, the novelizations, um, the, the the governor series of novels, all about the rise of the governor. Um, they also just recently came out with a Walking Dead adult coloring book. Mm-hmm. I guess the coloring book thing is really hot right now for adults. Uh, it takes the original oh, Charlie Adler and Tony Moore art and turn it into a uh, oversized coloring book, which I thought was cool. You need something to do at work, right? I mean, it's perfect yeah, yeah. well i mean if you only have a few crayons too it's perfect yeah I mean, if you have like red and you know purple and green i think you'd be good you know <laughs> but uh, but all kinds of great uh merchandise and memorabilia pop culture stuff if you are interested in checking out the walking dead comic then you know this is again a great place to do it either a dcb service or their uh, brother's uh, sister site uh instocktrades.com uh, you can you know get the Walking Dead in you know single reprint issues in six issue trade paperbacks and compendiums of forty eight issues, which are the ones I have, or uh, hardcover editions that are a little fancier and nicer if you want to you know have them to refer to as you watch a show. Uh, they make or a good weapon want, too. They're heavy. 
Yes, <laughs> they are, are good defense. You know? Yes. Um, you also action figures. I know that I um I, I got a few of those uh, McFarlane uh, blind bag uh, Walking Dead minifigs, and I ordered them from DCB Service, and I got a really good deal on them. And uh, got, again, really good service, good people to work for or, or to work with. Um, you know, these days, I mean, you can go to a giant, uh, uh, you know, monolithic corporation for all your business or whatever, or you can deal with people who actually care about the outcome and will help you if something goes wrong and will be there for you, you know, week after week and who offer great prices along with their good service. And oh. that's what DCB service is all about. So, uh, dcbservice.com. As I say, if you are a fan of image comics, DCB service starting last week is the sole print subscription provider for Image Comics now. Really? Yeah. Yep. Wow. Pretty sweet. Yeah, they just had their big Image Expo not too long ago, didn't they? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yep. Image are the, by the way, uh, for those not in the know, Image are the publishers of The Walking Dead comic, among others. Um, so, yeah, DCB service, they're great people, and great service, great prices. What more do you want? And they, they make the show possible. So and thank we thank you. them for their continued support. Yes, absolutely. All right, so let's get on to our Toby ratings for this episode. Um, let's start with you, Mr. Richard. Well, I I, I think it, it's so much better than last season, and I think that um, I think Daryl or Jim mentioned it. Just the seeds planted all over the place. You know, it's. It definitely has room to grow, and and you know I look forward to what they do. I just hope that you know that they they get some of the the pacing back on track. I mean, when they get to some slow scenes, it gets slow, you know. But um, but overall, I enjoyed the episode, and from like I said, the production standpoint was so much better than anything last season, and. Yeah. Uh, Character development, you know, Chris was probably my only real problem, and um, and then that one scene. But I need to go back and watch that because I may have taken that scene wrong. And uh, so I give it uh, three and a half Tobies. Daryl, yeah, I I was not really a fan of the first season. I thought it was really, really kind of rough, but uh, I think uh, this one coming in, they they really seem to uh, kind of step it up a little bit. Um, I think the only thing that really was kind of annoying was the character of uh, Chris not really emoting the right, you know, emotions he was trying to emote. Um, and other than that, I I, I have to give it uh, three three out of five Tobies because it it uh, kept me going, and every time Victor Strand said something, it, it cracked me up. He has lines. <laughs> I think for this whole season, he's going to be the standout of lines. So he's the Abraham of Fear the Walking Dead. He's got totally. the, the great one-liners. Okay, He has the best one-liners. <laughs> Jim, what about you? I'm going to go right down the middle with this for the 3.5. Um, I, I like some of the characters a lot. You know, Salazar I like a lot. Uh, like like Daryl said, Mr. Strand I like a lot, you know. But some of the main characters who are closer to the center of the story, I really am still kind of cold on. So um, I'm, I'm as I, I wasn't the biggest fan of the first season either. And this season, I thought was a little more. Instead of seeing the characters react to everything, I was actually able to see them act, you know, against and off of one another. 
So it was a little, it was a different kind of dynamic than what we saw in the first season with them, you know, constantly dealing with the apocalypse popping up all around them, you know. So um, definitely uh, some pacing issues that I think need to be worked on. Definitely some, I mean, if the, I understand pouty teenagers and stuff, totally. But, you know, I thought it was, it was a bit much with Chris and stuff. I understand what they're going for here. You know, they're trying to bring some dynamics that we haven't seen in The Walking Dead to this kind of thing. And I, I totally get that and I respect that and everything. But some of it's working better than others, uh, parts of it. So I'll give it a 3.5. I'm going to give it a 3.25. I know you guys don't like the quarters, but I, I tend to go that way. Um, it would have been better except for, I think, Kim Dickens' performance, or at least her – not her performance. I shouldn't say that. What she was given to work with this episode was not great. I don't like seeing her just stomping around and, and mm-hmm. looking angry at everybody and just just saying the wrong things. It just didn't feel good watching that. It didn't feel good watching Chris this episode at all. He dragged it down a lot. His acting chops are not there. So this episode, I think, on paper would have been, if we just read it, probably would have been like a 4 or 4.25. But now seeing it acted out and seeing it actually put together, I think the acting performance brought it down. So for me, it was a 3.25. I also happen to have, as I said, I was in contact with Aaron today a little bit. He did submit his Toby rating as well. And I'll read that. He goes... um, Hey guys, I won't be around tonight, but I have some thoughts that you can share. I'm giving Monster, the name of this week's episode, three and a half out of five busters. By default, the show is better than it started last year, just for having more going on and already establishing the characters. It's still far from perfect, though. I still can't stand the younger supporting characters, aside from Nick, old man clothes, <laughs> who is growing on me. I do remain a fan of Strand. Just based on how straightforward he is, regardless of his boat dickishness. <laughs> so it's porch dick, now it's boat dick, truck dick. But it's okay. his boat. It's his, it's his boat. That's right. I also have to wonder why Daniel and Travis are so against him. Is going to San Diego the worst plan? Do they have better ideas? Regardless, we'll just have to wait and see what happens when I, uh, what I assume our pirates come next week to give our Abigail, Arr. Arr, to give our Abigail group trouble. And he goes, lastly... Flight 462 results. I guess we're still being teased until next week. Hashtag bring back Tobias. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Sure, and of, sure. uh, San Diego makes perfect sense. They're going to Comic-Con. Is that what they- <laughs> Maybe they'll arrive right in time for Comic-Con. They'll have Abigail parked out there on, on the harbor. <laughs> <laughs> the replica. They'll, start, they'll be there five days early and get in line for Hall H. <laughs> for Hall H. Exactly. They can get there. <laughs> Yeah. So I was thinking, since they're on the Abigail, can we call them the Abitizers? Oh, you mean the the, the people the living Abidons? on the Abigail? Yeah, yeah, the people on the Ab- Abigail. They may be if things keep up like this. Yeah, the Abitizers. Abitizers. I like that. I'm going to put that out there. <laughs> but who cares what we think about this week's episode? We have a great Facebook page. It's facebook.com. Uh, type in the Walking Dead TV podcast. It's a group. You just hit join. We have 772 members. We're growing big time. We have 13 new members just in the last few days. And every week we ask that they put in their Toby ratings for Fear of the Walking Dead or Buster ratings for The Walking Dead. And I want to thank Aaron for actually posting the thread. All of us were busy talking Star Trek last night, and we forgot to, to post the the um, the Toby rating thread. So I want to thank Aaron for jumping on that for us. And uh, so, Jim, why don't you take it away? What did our listeners have to have to say about this week's episode? So, uh, as, as Craig said, The Walking Dead TV podcast is the name of the group, and uh, everybody uh, likes to chime in. And we're going to start off with Pamela Burton. 
Uh, LOL, I thought maybe you guys weren't going to talk about it this season. <laughs> yeah, we were well, late to bringing the a, thread up. It's kind of funny. So uh, <laughs> It's a fair cop. Uh, two out of five swimming zombies. It was so... There's a lot of O's here. Boring. Uh, that episode really dragged, and I honestly had a hard time paying attention. The last five minutes weren't bad. I hope the episode is a little bit better. Yeah, that's what we were saying. Like, uh, main, main problems I had were pacing problems and script stuff. Uh, Mike Jones, two Titanics out of five. <laughs> like the Titanic. People probably thought this was an unsinkable idea when they put this show together. It hit an iceberg last season. It's still taking on water this season. <laughs> wow, good, wow. Me- good use of metaphor, Mike. Wow. wow. Nice. Well done. Golf clap. Yeah. <laughs> I'll clock for that one. Uh, I don't care about a single character whether they live or die. Wow. Uh, the two boys is for the boat, motor kill. I doubt I'll keep watching beyond another episode. Wow. It's hard coming off The Walking Dead, though, and then going right yeah. into this. It really is. Yeah. yeah nobody... you, get it, you get used to that groove, and then you, you you get this new thing, and it's a little different, and, you know, people. It's good. They should have put. The beginning. They, they should have put, put Preacher in between. You know, watching this, you're probably right. Kind of cleanse our palate and then go into this. This is tough. Coming off of Negan and and that build up and then go. Yeah, this is this is rough. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mary Turkpakia, three Abigails out of five. I didn't think it was too bad considering (laughs) it's Fear of the Walking Dead. Whoa. I like the original shows. There are characters I like. Ruben Blattis, for one. Me too. Um, and there are characters, whiny Chris, who I hope die a painful death. Uh, <laughs> I'm like curious that. enough to watch more, at least till Games of Thrones starts up. That's yeah. a good point. Uh, Richard Chopper Cherry Charrington, 2.5. Was the season premiere budget blown in the first five minutes out of five? <laughs> <laughs> Has Negan got seafaring saviors on the West Coast? <laughs> oh, well, who is on the mystery ship approaching? I rewatched, pirates. Arr, arr. I rewatched the first season again and enjoyed it more the second time around, so I had high hopes for this season. Disappointed with the first episode, but hopefully it will improve as it goes on. Uh, Elisa Gonzalez says, meh. Meh. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't even warrant a Toby rating Just at that point. Meh. Huh? Just meh. Well, meh. Alyssa always has such good reactions to stuff. <laughs> yeah, meh. Does. I'm she giving does. that a like. Uh, Terry Bernard, I watched half of it and was so bored I deleted it from the DVR and canceled future recordings. Ouch. Ooh, come on, Terry. Oh. Come on, it's, it's still The See, Walking it's... Dead. It's Come on, you gotta watch it. Come on. David Bue the Third, 3.33 are pirates out of five boatsters. Well, I like <laughs> well, I like cliffhangers. The cliffhanger to happen was a little too overly blatant and repeatedly foreshadowed. Did like the LA explosion, but didn't... But why didn't the boat stay at a steady pace? Uh, growing up boating, I never saw this much slow down, speed up ever. Actually, looking forward to the backstories mentioned on TD. Uh, Mary Turk chimed in on that one. I like the dynamic between Strand and Nick. Yeah, curious to see more of that. Yeah, that was a good scene, big time. Uh, Tammy Heisley, one point five. I can't even think of a clever rating. That's how uninspired I was. Wow. But I, but I'm happy you guys are back to podcast about it, though. <laughs> looking forward to listening. Thanks, Tammy. Well, thank you. Uh, Harold Turk, 1.5 out of 5. Can we please have a zombified jaw sink the boat? Wow, that would be pretty cool. That would be pretty cool. Um, oh other God. than the Strand and possibly Ruben Blattis, I want everyone to die. To yeah. So they can, maybe, uh, you know, you could have like Zombie Quinn out there. <laughs> zombie Quinn. 
Uh, like half a body, right? He'll just yeah, be like just half walking eaten. around this uh, half sunken boat with a zombie shark on it. That'd be great. Giving his soliloquy and zombie talk. Right. <laughs> I want everyone to die so they can get a new and interesting cast. Wow. That's tough. I mean, yeah. Society <laughs> collapsed a week ago, and there are already pirates on the open seas. And as Mary Cherpecki says, they're going to need a bigger boat. Yes. <laughs> uh, Michael sent in a three express burials at sea out of five. It is so painful to see these characters doing dumb things, despite the fact that it's supposed to be for the beginning of uh, ZA. ZA? Zombie Apocalypse. Ah, gotcha. Uh, oh, hi. Yeah, we're just chilling on this world-class yacht full of Dom Perignon and bad choices. You want to come over? <laughs> <laughs> we'll give you coordinates on the radio. Come nice. on. All right. Nice, Michael. Nice. Uh, Daniel Thompson, one, would rather watch Flight 462 <laughs> out of five. <laughs> wow. So boring. That's pretty it's rough, only man. Because of our, that's only because of our rock-solid coverage of that uh, Flight 462. <laughs> uh, why did Nick risk his life for the yacht log? Should this be called The Swimming Dead? <laughs> Not sure if I will watch next week. Wow. Um, Brett Jones says he was following a voice. They alluded to someone being trapped into a room. Um, Mike Jones, the only reason to watch this nonsense is to get new podcasts. Well, Mike, then, okay, <laughs> we're on board. Right, there we go. That's the only reason we need to keep doing it, guys. There we go. We have justification. And finally, Brent Jones, uh, two going nowheres out of five. I'm trying, but it doesn't feel like they are. They skipped over the interesting part of societal breakdown, and this is what's left. Hard to watch them make mistakes that we've learned are foolish. Why anyone would take that boat for a ride, it's not an interesting story to watch. And if you would like to chime in on The Walking Dead and, and uh, bring out your brick bats like everyone else did on the Facebook group, then by all means join us, The Walking Dead TV Podcast. It's also the first place we post the new episodes of the podcast, plus uh, news and you know funny memes and things like that. It's, it's relatively, it's really troll-free and a lot of fun. So Walking Dead TV Podcast on the Facebook. You may have heard of it. It's popular with the young people. Thanks so much, Jim. And you're right. You know, the, the group, especially with the Negan episode and just a lot of activity lately, it's been really great to see that. So keep it going, folks. And it's, it's a lot of fun. It's there for you. And who knows? We'll be at 1,000 members probably before long if this keeps up, maybe before the end of Fear the Walking Dead if, they, if the boat doesn't sink or something else doesn't happen. But uh, that's great. All right. So uh, before we close it out, we can maybe just tell our listeners where else we can hear the hosts uh, of the show. So, Richard, where can all of the listeners hear you besides joining us on the walking dead TV podcast. Well, I, along with the other two here, Jim and Daryl jokers to the left of me, clowns to the right. I can just say, but anyway, uh, we're on the DC TV podcast, um, where we discuss all the DC TV shows, even the lame ones. <coughs> <Lucifer>. And, uh, <laughs> I like Lucifer. <laughs> Um, I'm also can be heard on that Star Trek episode that we, uh, recorded last night. It's going to be great. Yep. And, uh, on the walking dead here. Welcome back, by the way. I'm glad you are back with us. You took a little, I'm glad to be back. Thank you. It's great. Uh, Daryl, how about you? Um, well, you can hear me and, and Russ who, who had to miss tonight, but you can hear me and Russ, uh, talk a lot about the Batman comics, uh, old and new. Uh, on the uh, Gotham by Geeks podcast, which is just, it's a new one. Um, we recently had uh, the writer of Batman, Tom King, on it. So uh, oh, wow. if you want to know what's going on with the Bat universe, what's coming after uh, Rebirth, uh, 
check that out. And uh, you can hear me and, and Jim on uh, Nothing's On. We cover a lot of the the TV stuff every other week. We we cover uh, all the TV and movie stuff uh, from those uh, two weeks, and we cram it into one show the best we can and answer a lot of emails, as well as other shows that are on the network. Uh, so you can just go to Taylor Network of Podcasts and uh, just look on the website. We we keep it updated every day with uh, news, uh, you know, pop culture news, comics, movies, TV, all that good stuff. So you can check that out there and on Stitcher as well. Go to the Taylor Network uh, on Stitcher and uh, the feed has all the shows um, that are on the network. It's soon to be known as the Taylor Kingdom of podcasts. <laughs> it's no longer a network. It's evolved to a kingdom now. Oh, yeah. Oh, Only so, if I had that boat. Someday <laughs> an empire. That's great. Well, Daryl, thank you so much for joining us. And don't be a stranger to the Walking Dead TV podcast. It was great having you on. And I know you've been listening for a while. And uh, it's uh, it's going to be a good, a fun ride. Let's put it that way. Jim, how about you? Nope. They already covered everything I'm on. <laughs> See you later. Night, wrap it up. Okay. <laughs> if you want to hear my other podcasts, I am the host of the Auto Chat Show. It is a fun review, uh, new car reviews, as well as cars and pop culture. So if you're into cars or if you just want to hear uh, me and my co host Teddy have some fun talking about cars out there, uh, check us out autochatshow.com, facebook.com forward slash autochatshow, and like the page. Uh, I am also hosting a special series of Star Trek podcasts, which we alluded to a little bit. Uh, all three. Three of the hosts on this show, plus Russell, uh, was on last night. So it was really a great show. And we're going to be doing about a, si- a series of six or seven of them leading up to the 50th anniversary of Star Trek. You can listen to that at hhwlod.com. Or, if you like, on your uh, iTunes, just go on the master feed, the HHWLOD master feed. And just subscribe to that one. You can see pretty much all the HHW. LOD shows, I should say all of them, and these specials that we'll do on occasion, like we did the Star Wars specials uh, a few uh, months ago leading up to the uh, the Star Wars movie. So should be a lot of fun, and tune in for that. I'm looking forward to uh, taking that to, to the next level. Until there's no wor- more room in hell and the dead walk the earth, remember three things. Strand always says Love. it's his boat, it is his boat, and it's his goddamn it's boat. Goddamn boat. <laughs> Take Sorry, care, folks. Boat is it again? <laughs> Take care. We're expecting you and love. Life's sweetest reward. Let it flow. It floats back to you. Something for everyone Set a course for adventure Your mind on a new romance And love Won't hurt anymore It's an open smile On a friendly shore It's love Ha <laughs>
Have you had the green tea Kit Kats yet? No, are they good? Oh, oh they're awesome. Really? Yes. I'll have to try that. No, I'm a big Kit Kat fan. I have not tried that. Tried those yet? Okay. Oh, you've that. had the white chocolate ones, I'm sure, right? I've had the. Yeah, they, had, they experimented with the thick ones too, like those really double thick. Yeah. Yeah, like they're like twice good. the size, twice the thickness big of a normal cats, one. Yeah, yeah the, exactly. The big cats. Yeah, yeah, you know, save all this, or we'll have nothing to talk about on our candy podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I guess in Japan they cycle through the flavors, and like each prefecture has their own like you know home flavor of Kit Kat. Really? Like yeah. Green tea, like all different kind of flavors, and lychee. You know, look it up. I think there's a wasabi one too, or something. That that, that spicy horseradish. Yeah, that should be interesting, huh? Yeah. Or not. Or not. <laughs> now sit right back and you hear a tale of the Walking Dead. Am I going to have to play the Gilgan's Island music at the end of this? Yeah. Uh...